Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Words of Heart. In today's episode, we have the privilege of speaking with Matt Cohen. I hope I pronounced your last name right. (laughs) Thank you for joining us today. Ah, it's totally my pleasure. And listen, don't ever feel bad about whether or not you get my name right. My wife and I uh, just got married at the end of August. And um, it's Koenig is how it's said, but it's nothing like how it's spelled. (laughs) And uh, it's it's just funny because uh, my wife's first name is Dara and everyone always called her Dara. And once we got married, she goes, great. Now they're going to mess up my first name and my last name. So it's <laughs> totally something we're used to. <laughs> oh, people say my name wrong all the time, even though it's really simple. It's like Celine Dion, but I don't sing. And it sounds exactly the same, yet people still say it wrong. I feel so good that I haven't been saying it wrong to my wife. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for saying it, because now I feel better. Um, so Matt, if you could tell my listeners a bit about yourself, um, with your name wrong or right, doesn't really matter. (laughs) If you could tell my listeners a bit about yourself, that would be great. Yeah. So, um, it's funny, like, uh, I reached out because I, you know, when I looked at your podcast, uh, I was like, man, I love speaking about matters that, that just speak to people's heart. Um, little about me, uh, man. If you were to look at me now, you'd be like, oh, okay, this guy's like a, a preacher dude that, that talks about Jesus, but maybe not in the same way that scares people away from church. Um, but if you were to look at a little bit of my background, uh, I, I kind of grew up um, poor and I didn't really, uh, I, I went to church when my grandma dragged me, but it wasn't wasn't really my jam, but uh, mostly, and, and as people will read my book that comes out in March, mostly that's just because of... Um, the message that was being shared and the way it was being shared. So fast forward time, uh, I'm a guy who actually got involved with a, a little church plant almost 20 years ago, um, a little over 20 years ago now. Uh, and that's where I really came into my faith. And uh, I'll fast forward time a few years after that, um, I fell into the same kind of trap that a lot of people do, where I kind of thought I was super self-righteous. And I, what I didn't realize about me was that uh my heart had become super arrogant about like uh, where I thought I was and who I thought I was. And because of that, I noticed, uh, I, I didn't notice till I already had, but I, I had started drifting away from my faith. And all of a sudden I put all of my focus on what I was doing in business. Um, I was I was really blessed that um, I had an employer who paid to, to teach me to become a speaker and a trainer because uh, he wanted everybody that was in a leadership role to be uh, a sales trainer in the automotive group that I worked for. Um, and he, he had done that early on when I was involved with the church. So I, I quickly become uh, like, I don't, it, it just sounds even wrong to say out loud. Uh, sounds really arrogant to say, and I don't want to do that, but I became um, kind of uh, popular um, in speaking, especially to, to teens, uh, because I really have a, a heart for helping people know Jesus. I did that and I do now. But my passion really was helping um, teens because they're in like the toughest times of their lives, uh, I believe. And so um, in gaining some popularity, I lost sight of of what the core of what I was supposed to be doing was. So um, all of a sudden I found myself getting quite popular outside of the church. and in the business world. So I'm, I'm doing keynotes with Google and Facebook and flying around the country. And all of a sudden, uh, 
I realized I didn't know who I was anymore. <laughs> I was kind of like, wow. Like I had uh, a guy that I work with said to me, he goes, man, you, you fit in every single place we go. It's like people are instantly your friend. He goes, let me ask you this though. Who are you underneath all that? Like when you're home, who are you? And I was like, what do you mean? I'm, I'm me. I'm the same guy. Like I'm the same guy at the bar that I am, uh, on Sunday morning that I am when I'm hanging at your house. Like, I'm the same guy. What do you mean? He goes, no, no, no. When we're in New York and New Jersey, everybody feels like you're from there. And when we're in Nashville, they feel like you're, he's like, when you peel back the layers of the onion, who are you? And it was a, it was a pretty revealing question. Cause the truth was, I, I had to look at him and say, dude, I don't, I don't even know anymore. So I spent a lot of years in the business world, uh, I was fortunate enough to write a, a very short book that um, I just wrote from my heart uh, while I was at one of my daughter's equestrian events. I was sitting in my car waiting for her to compete because uh, those things last hours. And I wrote this book called Sell, Changing the Game Forever. And when I wrote this book, <clears throat> I really, for reasons known only to God, because I hadn't been to church in a long time, uh, I all of a sudden felt this passion for making sure I was like, it, it's a book on leadership and selling. and focusing on being a servant to people. And all of a sudden I found myself talking about and using Jesus as an example. Like the guy that came to rescue everybody is washing feet. And all of a sudden, like his message over and over kept reminding me, like put others first. If you want to, if you, if you want to live a good life, you got to put other people first. And so that started speaking in my heart. Uh, and I, I met my wife, um, and we, uh, we dated for three years. I flew back and forth from Michigan to, to Seattle once a month for three years. And she was very um, strong in her faith. Now, mind you, I, I was an ordained minister. Like I, I knew the Bible, but I surely wasn't really living it anymore. Um, and so uh, in writing this book, it, it just, um, it opened me back up to go, am, am I practicing what I'm saying in this book? Am I living in a way that puts other people first? And it, caused me to really re-examine my life. So um, fast forward time, my wife and I, uh, you know, um, started wrestling with our faith together and digging into things together. And uh, and that brought me to where I'm at now. I, uh, I had a, com a company where I was putting on large events all over the nation, um, bringing in speakers from Olympic athletes to to others and uh, to, to Grant Cardone, who's the guy in Secret Billionaire right now, so a friend of mine. And, and so I was putting on these events where high caliber speakers were coming in and then um, we had a very, very big one planned for Las Vegas last year in March, and then COVID hit. And uh, I thought, man, I thought I was living right, and my and my life was on track, and I was doing doing the right things. Uh, and all of a sudden, this crushing uh, pandemic hits, and my my business, my entire livelihood was destroyed. I mean, I lost every single thing I had. I had, I'd had some business deals that had gone sour before this conference business that had caused me to hit some troubles, but the, this, this business was building everything back up. And what that did was make me put faith in myself again. And so when COVID hit, it crushed my business and it crushed everything. I mean, my car, everything I had was gone. Every dollar was, was gone. And I found myself with a pile of debt and I had nowhere to rely except on God. So um, I was brought to the verse in Matthew chapter six, <clears throat> verse uh, 33. But in, in this chapter, Jesus is, he's talking to people and he's acknowledging that the everyday fears we have, right? How am I going to provide? 
Uh, where am I going to get clothes? Where am I going to get food? And he says, you know what? Seek God first and he'll take care of the rest. And he, he gives him this cool, I love it, uh, a cool illustration about the birds and the flowers. And if you if you were to go to my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com forward slash Jesus way, there's it's, it's a video that's highlighted there. But he gives this beautiful illustration about how man there's the birds don't they don't do anything to contribute right to the world let's say right they just they eat worms and dead animals uh but god still provides them a place to sleep and keeps them safe and keeps them warm and provides them with food and the flowers he talks about are like so beautiful more beautiful than any robe described that uh that solomon wore and if if you read the old testament like solomon was king and he you know obviously bunch of money very lavish things right and and jesus is like man these flowers are even more beautiful and most of them don't even get seen and then he makes the point he says if <laughs> if god cares so much for the birds and the flowers don't you think he's going to take care of you and that just stuck so and, and it really struck me hard in my heart to go wow that's so true like why 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 am i so freaked out like why am I not relying on God? You know, why am I trying to do this when I've got like, you know, the God of the universe saying, hey, I'll be on your side if you'll just let me. Uh, so that started a journey for me to start digging back into the word and really, really wrestling with it. And uh, that brings us to now. Uh, my wife and I really had prayed and, and I said, you know, I've been, I was nervous even about going back to church because I feel like I'd walked away and was living in a way that I knew wasn't cool uh, and making a lot of selfish decisions from the way I was taking care of my body to the way I was treating other people. And and I had felt this, like, you can't go, man, you can't go back to church. Like that building will burn down. You're, you've become such a turd of a person. Uh, and, and I realized I'm not the only one that's ever felt that way. And, and then I started having to wrestle with like, why do I feel this way? And, uh, and I realized the reason I felt that way is because when, when I started looking at things that churches would say, every single thing I kept getting bombarded with was like this, you need to get saved and here's how you do it message. And as I wrestled with that message, I thought, well, if there's something I can do to save me, why would I need God in the first place? Like, what did Jesus even do? If, if I can save myself, right? And so I started wrestling with that and, and realizing, you know, maybe the Christian church uh, has been using scripture to make their point instead of reading the scripture to get the point and to, and to let it change them. And, uh, and I just realized that I, I needed, I needed to, to go back to what God had called me to do 20 years ago which was uh, he reminded me that my old employer didn't drop 30 grand to teach me how to be a communicator and a teacher so that I could use it to selfishly go make money for myself. But when I got that blessing that I didn't deserve from my old employer, because I was a 20 year old kid that was dumber than a bag of hammers, uh, God provided me with that to use for him. So here I am today, uh, a regular dude, a broken dude who didn't know God for the first 20 years of his life, fell in love with Jesus, fell in love with himself, <laughs> walked away for a while. And now I'm just trying to make it my mission to help other people realize that uh, God loves us so much 
that he gave up everything so that we would see his love. And it's, I said this to my wife the other day, I I don't like the name Christian because I think um, to to use the word, there's so so many people have done bad things in that name that it immediately is a turnoff. But I will say um, as, as following Jesus isn't about saving people, it's about serving the people that Jesus already saved. Does that make sense? Yes, that's beautifully said, and I truly admire you for sharing that. Um, And it really, um, I feel like it's going to resonate with people who have been in that same predicament, because we all have, we we do struggle with our faith um, as people who follow Christ and whatever belief system those people may have. We all have struggles within our faith journey we we fall away sometimes and then we come back and then we fall away again and then come back it's just a right i completely understand that so yes that's beautifully said and we are called to serve god and to help others that's i feel like that's the sole purpose of life in general is to help others to use your gifts to help others like your gifts having gifts is awesome like me learning how to do a podcast that's pretty cool (laughs) it's not really about me it's about simply helping people and using those gifts so i love that you said that like and i think that's the place where a lot of times we in in the christian church we're missing the message i i this i have this beautiful group of people i'm connected to i love them so much back in my hometown kalamazoo michigan and um it was a small group that i was part of um and so this this kind of that's so funny um i used to go out and play bar trivia at my favorite little place called louis trophy house in kalamazoo and um this team that we competed with um like half of their people faded and half of our people faded so we kind of merged teams and one of the people who's now one of my closest friends my buddy brad um he we were we were sitting there one day talking and and uh if you were to see me like i'm a i'm a pretty tattooed up guy i mean uh you know uh, wrist to shoulder uh you know thighs to ankles like i'm i have a lot of ink and uh so we're sitting there chatting one day and all of a sudden brad starts talking to me about uh church and jesus and and it hit me i was like oh he doesn't think i know jesus but i thought it was because i'm like oh he sees me i'm like all tattooed up i'm kind of a boisterous person i'm like he he thinks i don't know jesus so we start talking and he, he brings up something in scripture that he was like it he was repeating from the church that he had heard but the context of it was completely out of whack because a lot of times churches play pick a verse, right? Like uh, John three sixteen is one of the best examples. People will say, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him will have eternal life and won't perish, right? Um, but we see churches gravitate to that and go, this is the proof that you only get to have, like the way to heaven, you must you must say, I believe in you, Jesus, and accept you in my heart. They use that almost as a tool to try and prove their point of, I need to believe that you're saved. So in order for me to believe you're saved as a human, I need to hear you do this. Now, what gets left out is that that conversation that took place in in chapter three of John uh, is bigger than that one verse. It's about a meeting that Jesus had with a religious leader, a Pharisee, which is like, top of the tops when it came to religious leaders, like super Bible scholar, right? Or Old Testament scholar, if we will, right? They knew the Torah inside and out. And 
people disregard that when that meeting began, it was at night. Nicodemus came under the under like the cover of night, hiding, right? Like so nobody would see him coming to talk to this Jesus guy who was stirring up so much controversy amongst the Jewish leaders and the Roman leaders. And so Nicodemus came to speak to him at night and he says to Jesus, he calls him teacher, right? So he gives him this honor that is typically, well, only reserved for a rabbi. And here's the rabbi of rabbis saying to Jesus, you know, teacher. And he starts asking him this question. So he comes to Jesus and he, his mouth talks like he believes in, that Jesus is who he says he is, right? But then Jesus kind of pushes back on him because after that verse, John 3, 16, Jesus explains, you know, people are, are going to step into the light, but then they're going to see and they're going to still turn around and go back into darkness. And what Jesus was saying to Nicodemus in that, in that whole interaction was, your mouth says you know who I am, but you came in here under the cover of darkness so no one would know that you're talking to me and considering me. And when you leave, you're going to leave under the cover of night to make sure nobody sees that you and I had an encounter. So nothing about you is going to change. And because you've met me, you know me, and you're choosing to walk away, you're choosing to go spend time in the darkness. That's the context. But instead, as churches, we play pick a verse and go, oh, this verse means if you're a non-believer, uh, you have to become a believer to know Jesus. And what we forget is this was a private conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus, and John happened to be there writing it down so that he could tell about the story later. So it wasn't a conversation it was one meant for us to all learn from, but it wasn't one meant to use as a condemnation piece to pretend like it's a rescue piece. And so I, I say that because my buddy Brad had, had shared something and it was um, good, but slightly out of context. So I, I responded to him and said, well, yeah, but did you know this? And we started talking about it and he goes, oh, how do you know that? I'm like, because I'm an ordained minister, but apparently uh, by watching me, no one would know that. And I realized that I'm like, crap, my life doesn't reflect it. So. I got involved in this great small group um, at his church. Now, at that time, I wasn't attending church again, um, but I was like, I'll visit your church. Uh, and I visited it and it's a it's a church with a bunch of people with great hearts. Um, but it's a, it's a Baptist church and it had, which there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Um, but like doctrine is important, right? All these different denominations and that's a whole different show. But, um, but they divide, right? Because they go, oh, we believe this a little different. So instead of saying, hey, we all follow Jesus, but there's some things we just don't all understand the same. It's, well, we understand it this way. So now we're going to create a club and our club's called Baptist and our club's called Lutheran and our club's called Catholic. So I, I go to this and I start going to this great small group though. And while the church didn't really resonate with me, the, the way that their pastor taught, the small group did. It was great conversation and we wrestled with a lot of important things about loving God and loving other people. And in this small group, every Sunday night, they'd start with saying, who are the unsaved people you're praying for? And every time they said that, it just ate away at me. And finally, one day I brought it up and I said, how do you know they're not saved? And it's like, well, I mean, you know, have they have they done this? Have they confessed that Jesus is Lord? Have they repented of their sins? And I'm like, I don't know. Do you know if they have? And it's like, well, I mean, if they're not, you know, I mean, is there fruit? Is there life? Are they going to church? And I'm like, 
man, going to church isn't fruit. There's a lot of people that go to church and when the time is up, they feel like they got, oh, cool. I did my thing. I went to church and now I can go back to living the life that I live. And I'm like, was Jesus death not enough to save them? Do they need to do what you want for them to be like redeemed? Or did God love the world enough that he sent his son for us? And we trust that his, his death was enough. And now we have to live in response to that. So it was a really interesting dialogue. And then it just pushed me further to go, what did Jesus actually say to people? What did he tell them? And, and, and I think it's best outlined when the religious leaders, the same ones that got him to get hung on a cross said, Hey, what's the greatest commandment of all? And this wasn't something that was asked in the vein of like wanting to really learn. It was like, Oh, let's get him to blaspheme something. Let's get him to pick one over the other. And Jesus did exactly what God did when he gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And if you look at them, the first half of the commandments kind of deal with one part of our relationship with God, and the other half deals with our relationship with people. And Jesus said, uh, you, you want to know what the greatest commandment is? Here it is. Love the Lord God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength right? So we got to, in our heart, we got to have this passion for him, right? We got to have this desire, but we also have to use our mind to do the research, understand what, you know, what was going on in the time and the place when these things were being said, like how, and then, and then, uh, go, all right, now, how does that translate into today and living that out now in 2021? But Jesus said, but the second one is to love your neighbor as yourself. And he's, and he actually said the second one, which is right up there with it is love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then he follows up by saying, all of the law and the prophets hang on these two things. And what Jesus was saying was, look, first you gotta love God. If you don't actually put God first, you're not gonna do the second part as well as you could. Doesn't mean you're not gonna be able to love people or do nice things for people. I hate that when churches go, well, no, that person doesn't know God, so they can't do stuff nice. I'm like, no, I've got a buddy who's an atheist who I would I would love nothing more than him to love Jesus. Um, the fact of the matter is the dude, the dude saved my life one day and I've seen him care for multiple people. So he knows how to love, but wow, imagine how much better he could love if he knew God, right? Imagine how much more he could do. So when we look at that, it goes back to what you said, which is, isn't that what life's about? Serving other people. And I believe that if we look <laughs> at the scripture, the clearest thing Jesus says is the way people are going to know, and he actually says these words, they'll know you're with me by your love for one another. So I think you, you nailed it. Like we have to have a heart for serving and loving people no matter where they're at, no matter how far they are from God, or no matter how close they think they are, or no matter how close they really are. We've got to make our life about loving and serving other people. And all the all the fighting that people have done during the pandemics, and all the fighting over the politics, stop for one moment. And if you close your eyes, imagine what this country would look like. Imagine what this world would look like if every single person went, Today, I'm going to make this day about loving and serving other people. Like we wouldn't, we wouldn't have war. We wouldn't have racism. We wouldn't have poverty. We wouldn't have any of it. If, if human beings just went, life isn't about me serving me. And, uh, I think that's at the core of everything we need to be reflecting on. If we truly want to 
bring some love and healing to a broken world. Oh, you just stuck at the heartstrings. That is so true. And I truly feel like because of the condition our state in it our state is in, which is very unfortunate, that um everyone was literally forced because they didn't have a choice to slow down and refocus and reassess. And I even wrote a um a poem about it as well. Um I would love to see that. You should email it over to me. I would love I would love to hear <laughs> No problem. Um Basically, the um, essence of it is basically what we're discussing and that um, to focus, reassess our values and focus on what matters and that's simply being there for each other and loving each other. And I mean, this virus sucks. It really, truly does. Oh, yeah. (laughs) um, (laughs) um, I know it's brought on a lot of... um, depression as well um for many of the people i've spoken with about it and um i'm sure there'll be the depression level will be a lot less if people just extend an olive branch and reach out to others and be like hey how are you or do you need a hug or well obviously not a hug because of the precautions but do you need like like a <laughs> like a like a, a a high five from six feet away or a, a simple text <laughs> message or i'm gonna confess <laughs> to you i have the antibodies i had COVID. um uh, and and i Look, if somebody walks up to give me a hug, I don't, I don't stop it. I'm a, I'm a hugger. I love people, and don't, I don't want anybody listening to your show to think I'm advocating for like, don't pay attention to protective measures. I don't want anyone to think that. But, uh, but you know, I had somebody no, I, say that to me. They said, you know, yeah. the thing that I missed the most since this pandemic started, and I said, what? And I'm expecting them to say, you know, oh, being able to go out to the movies or go out to eat or being able to take my kids to get ice cream. And I'm like, yeah, what is it? And they said, I miss being hugged. I miss. And then they said, but I don't even know who is open to that because I miss seeing smiles. Like, I can't see anyone's face. And and I can't always tell what, you know, if they're smiling from their eyes. And they're like, I miss smiles and I miss hugs. And it's interesting because this world, right? And, and for those who believe in the Bible, right? Um, this world, like the, the enemy wants to ruin our relationship with God. Uh, and, and I get it, right? If I, if, if, if I were God's adversary, I'd want that too, right? And how do you do that best? You take the people he loves and you you tear them apart and you do things to cause them to be separate, right? Biblically, we see there's no way to fix a broken world if we can't connect and communicate, right? See, some people say you can't fix, I've heard churches say this, you can't fix a broken world with broken people. So you gotta get right with God, right? You gotta you gotta get fixed. And it's like, um, Jesus came so that we'd be forgiven for the ways we've turned against God. There's nothing in scripture that says um, he fixes you. Instead, it says you're given a new life through him, right? Your spirit is renewed. You're still the same person. It doesn't mean you forgot what you did yesterday. It doesn't mean that what you did uh, yesterday that was horrible uh, goes away. Sometimes it means, though, just owning, you know what? Yesterday, that's who I was. But today, this is who I'm trying to be. And I know the only way I can love people this way is because of the the grace and the love that was given to me. And so I think during a time of pandemic and uh, a time of, we'll call it 
social distancing right but what it what it really has become is is distancing period right and it's become uh social media and everything that we see that are these clips they're sound bites uh they're they're time lapse versions of people's story um Stephen Furtick did a great uh, sermon on this and he was talking about time lapse faith we hear the good stories that people share and we go oh wow that I could never be in that space though. Like, wow, it's great for you, but I can't ever imagine that. Like when somebody goes, oh, we've been happily married for 30 years. And it's like, um, y'all have been married for 38 years. What about the other eight, <laughs> right? Like nobody, nobody shares the part <laughs> about, yeah. Like somebody might go, yeah, this COVID stuff sucked, but now we're doing good. And it's like, we go, oh yeah, well, now that you're doing good, how can you even say it sucked, right? But the reality is what we don't see is that point in their life where they almost lost their home or they lost a grandparent or so i think we have to as we're as we're stepping forward together in this world there are a couple things that need to take place one something you said right if, if we would all you know if we would all just realize this the church is supposed to be leading that but the problem is people think of the church as the lutheran church the catholic church the baptist church the non-denominational non church um they look at the church as the building or the denomination which really says they look at the church as the rules system set up by these people or those people but biblically the church is the people all of us every single one of us we're the church so to say well the church needs to lead the way i don't want people listening to go oh great you know this dude's saying i gotta go to this church on sunday around the corner where my family got kicked out because my sister was addicted to drugs and they were like well you guys can't come to church if your house is in order uh and used another bible verse out of context but instead i want people to realize you if you say i am I believe in this Jesus and I'm trying to follow him. You're the church. And now that means you as an individual, me, like if I say I'm following Jesus, I'm trying, I'm the church then. So it's my responsibility as one person to show love, still make mistakes, still not be perfect, but it's up to me to say, I love you and you deserve to not be afraid every day. How can I help you? I need to do what you said. Am I reaching out to my friends going, hey, what do you need? It, nothing? Oh, well, can I pray for something in your life? Like, how can I love you as my friend? How can I show you that you're loved and you're valuable and you're needed? And that really, it's that's a one person at a time thing. People need to stop waiting for their pastor to give a great sermon that makes them all want to do it. And they need to go, you know what? Today, I'm going to love like Jesus. That's it. That's my choice today. And by making that choice and loving someone else, someone else goes, someone who sees that goes, man, why are you so, why are you like that? Like, why are you being so nice to that person? Even though you know they're taking advantage of you. And it's like, because that person needs someone to be nice to them. And maybe if someone's nice long enough, they'll stop taking advantage of people. It's interesting you say that. Um, and I think um, people think I'm naive when I do this, but um there's been plenty of points in my life where people have manipulated me, taken advantage of me, pretty much hardcore, um, used every ounce of kind nature in me and sucked it away and put it down like a trash chute of negativity. But I, 
still have a smile on my face at the end of the day because it's not ingrained in me to be negative it really isn't like girl she she just did he just did this to you and 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 or messed up your car and that sucks but it's not in me to be negative i'm sorry no and here's you know the funny part is like so and we have to kind of sometimes look at how we define some of these terms in our life right like you know i'm with you like somebody was was giving a you know super preacher guy joel osteen somebody gave him crap they're like you know why is it you always just preach positive stuff and you don't ever talk about hell and he said you know there's enough people out there talking about the bad stuff so i'll just focus on teaching the good parts and uh some people call that naive and i call it i call it (laughs) realizing that uh god doesn't want us to feel shame and guilt uh he wants us to be redeemed of shame and guilt right the enemy the bible says the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy uh and so you know there is a difference though between um being like some people think to be loving means i have to continually walk back into that bad relationship like i've seen churches justify a woman staying in a marriage where her husband beats her and i'm like and it's like, look, just keep loving him until he, until he finds Jesus in his heart. I'm like, she may not live long enough to keep loving him that long. Why would you tell her to stay and keep getting beaten? Or or the the wife or husband whose spouse is is stepping out on him, right? And and sleeping around and committing adultery. And I've heard people say, well, you just got to forgive him and stay with him. And it's like, how, how long though until they get? Uh, is it like you stay with them until they bring home herpes or do you stay with them until they bring home HIV? Like what, how long is too long? And, and while I believe no one is beyond redemption, I think what we also have to realize is this staying in relationships that are toxic. Like you can still love someone from afar. You can still pray for them, right? right? You could date a dude. He could steal your car, clean out your bank account. And you can still say, I've got love in my heart for that guy. Uh, but if if you stay in that relationship that's toxic, um, it's taking you away from being able to love other people who are then going to multiply that love to others, right? Because sometimes we invest ourselves so heavily in somebody who, who really doesn't want to be invested in. They just want to take. And sometimes we have to stop and go, I love you, but I'm no longer going to let you take from me. Uh, I I want to I want to spread love to more and more people, and that means the people that I'm investing my time in. Uh, I want I want them to see this love, and and it is my hope and prayer that then I'll see them go multiply that love. Like with all the the teaching I do in March, uh, I'm going to actually have Sunday sermons going live on my uh, YouTube channel. Um, my biggest thing is not to build a following of, you know, 20, 40, 30,000 people that listen to me every weekend, unless those 20, 30 or 40,000 people are then going to take what they heard and go apply it so that other people go, wow. Like, so somebody goes, wow, Dion, what changed in your life? What made you start loving this way and living this way? And and the, the worst thing in the world would be, oh, this dude, Matt said it. And I thought it was good advice. <laughs> <laughs> but the best thing in the world would be, you know, I was watching this, this, I was watching the sermon and this dude was, was talking about the way Jesus loved people. 
and and the way it got broken down made so much sense i was like why am i not doing that right now and so i'm trying to live that way and they might go who's that you might go here's a link listen uh listen for yourself maybe it'll make sense to you too but my ultimate goal is that to try and inspire people to whether they believe or or agree or disagree with what I say, my goal is to inspire people to go, let me open a Bible and check that against what this guy said. Because I know when they do that and they open it and they start reading about the things Jesus said, they'll go, holy crap, why have I been waiting so long to live my life this way? That's my prayer. That's my hope. And I, I still have hope for this world. Uh, in spite of what we see on the news, in spite of, you know, people fighting, uh, in spite of just the, what seems like complete idiocy and how we behave as human beings, I still have hope in this world because I believe that one at a time people can make a very big difference if they just choose love. Oh, well said. Um, we can get this conversation going, but <laughs> we have to wrap it up. <laughs> um, do you have any um final thoughts to share? Like where people could find your YouTube channel or your podcast, which I'm definitely checking it out, by the way. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So it's probably easiest to just uh, give people my website, my YouTube. Uh, my website uh, has all the podcast links there. But you can find our podcasts anywhere there are podcasts, whether it's Audible, Google, uh, uh, um, Apple Podcasts, you name it, they're there. But Friday nights, we do a live one called Friday Night Fire. And I'll bring that one up first since it's going live tonight. Um, and it's my fr good friend, Mike Phillips and I, it's called Friday Night Fire, where we take everyday stuff and wrestle with it in the Bible um, and talk about, you know, how do, how do human beings view this and, and what is the biblical truth behind it as best we can figure it out. So we're just two regular real guys who love God and uh, wrestle with it from two different perspectives. Uh, and we don't, and the fun part for anybody listening is we don't talk about it ahead of time. So that way uh, there's nothing scripted. It's no, it's a surprise to everybody, including <laughs> us. So it's great. We just talk about, here's the topic. And then we bring our perspectives. Uh, so Friday Night Fire, you can watch that on youtube.com forward slash Jesus way. If you want to watch the video live. Um, and that is Fridays at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And then my wife and I do a podcast that we pre-record. We don't do it live called He Said, We Said. And uh, we go through biblical stuff from the perspective of I'm a guy. She's a chick. Uh, she's a wife. I'm a husband. Uh, what lines up together and what do we wrestle with from different perspectives? And it's really designed uh, to help couples connect. So um, you can get a list of all the podcasts and episodes as well as videos by just going to my website, which I'll spell because as we talked about at the beginning, saying my last name is going to take everyone to the wrong place. Uh, but it's <laughs> it's mattkeenig.com and the nurse couldn't spell when uh, she wrote my name on the birth certificate. So it's literally M-A-T. K-O-E-N-I-G. There's only one T in that. So M-A-T-K-O-E-N-I-G.com. Uh, and you can find it all there. But uh, thank you so much, Dion, for having me on the show. I, I really hope that uh, this conversation is just a blessing to some people who need to hear the power of love today. Oh, I I already I can already sense it being a blessing already because it definitely resonated with me. I'm surprised I'm not in tears right now. This was just an incredible <laughs> conversation. Um thank you for joining me again matt this was a real honor truly that's no, my pleasure thank you so much and to all my listeners stay healthy stay safe give somebody a hug just do it if you feel like someone needs a hug just give them a hug and until next time